Hello and welcome to Get Involved Referee as we pour over all the main key incidents from the action-packed Premiership weekend in the great company of Steve Conroy, Des Roach and David McDonald. And of course, listen, major, major talking points across the weekend, fellas. Um, and let's start at uh, Paisley. Uh, yeah, there was one or two talking points. Um, plenty to talk about there. And most of it, I think, turned out well for the refereeing team. Yeah, I would agree. There was, a, I think, two or three incidents that um, sure we'll discuss. But the refereeing team as a whole came out, came out on top. Yep. Yeah, decisions were made correctly. Early on in the game, of course, is the first talking point. Uh, David Dickinson in charge of the match, Andrew Dallas on VAR. And um, ball goes into the box. Nobody really sees it at the time, but it catches Greg Taylor on the arm. Penalty for you guys, without question? As we normally do in these situations, it's a penalty without question, but with caveats. In the same world, the one that we hanker after, that never in a million years is a penalty. He didn't mean it. His arm, his arm was up. But he did, certainly didn't mean to handle it. It caught him again when he tried to get his hand out the way. There was no intent. There was nothing in it. He could hardly have time to get out of the way because of where the, the ball was chucked at him. But in this day and age, penalty every day of the week. Yes, yeah, ex- and I think you see the way the players reacted and the, the, the sidelines reacted. It's an acceptance now mm-hmm. that if this incident occurs, then the penalty kick is going to be the outcome. Um, David Dickinson had a, a great unobstructed view on it. He deemed it not a penalty. Well, that's what I was going to say. He did not call it at the time and he was so close. Yeah, he deemed it not to be a penalty. I agreed with Steve. For me, in the bad old days, it would never have been a penalty because the ball the ball has struck you. And we keep saying this about you striking the ball or the ball striking you. The ball has struck Greg Taylor. But obviously Andrew Dallas and VAR, we've seen the decisions, the way the interpretation and application has been given this year. It was only going to end one way as soon as David had that um, information to come across and and take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, penalty kick in 2023. That's what you're. That's what you're going to get. Yep. I was a bit baffled by the length of time it took for that decision to be made. Now, as far as we're aware, clearly the ball has to go out of play. They have to stop play. But there was about two minutes. I'm going to say two minutes. I don't know the exact time. It must be about two minutes. It felt like two minutes between that incident and then Far getting checked. If Celtic had scored at that moment, would the goal have been chopped off and gone back for the penalty? Yeah. It would have it would have been chalked off because it would have gone back to an infringement, a foul that they missed, a, a foul of significance, not just a foul, but a foul of significance that was going to lead to a penalty. So yeah. again, in this day and age, uh, those two minutes, unfortunately, disappear into the ether. Um, so no matter what happens in there, except as Des pointed out, if somebody had been stupid enough to clatter somebody in that uh, two minutes and got themselves a red card, that would stand but the goal would have been disallowed and brought back for the penalty. So technically the Celtic are playing for that two minutes for no reason, no purpose. The two minutes doesn't exist. So it just disappears, doesn't get it's, added on at it's half fallen, it's at fallen 45. Away in, it's fallen no. away into the, the Fergusley Park ether. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's two, yeah, minutes it's just gone. Of, two minutes of football that didn't exist. Surely we need to then look at other ways in which we can try and stop play that allows VAR to be checked. Again, that's very difficult to, to manage. There would have to be a foul or the ball going out of play. Now, how often do we see it that the, the play something is contentious has happened and play just continues and continues or you look to get a substitute on and it goes it was just one of those those coincidences that the ball never never went out of play the referee a wee bit like the Rangers party this game a couple of weeks ago could they have been cuter and seen a foul or whatever possibly but again you can't manipulate the, the laws of the game to, to suit any particular position I think David's flagging up a real flaw here though isn't he because the longer the game goes on 
when you're waiting to check a, a penalty decision, so many things could happen. Players could get injured, as you say, someone oh, could get sent off. Absolutely. It could be absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. It could be chaos. Imagine that at a Celtic Rangers game. Um, but we, we talk about the, the craziness in the, whatever they call it, the second phase offside now, when the whole world knows it's offside, but mm-hmm. you can't give it for another 10 minutes till something happens. <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt in that, that time. And it's the same in, in this one. But we, I thought it was pretty... Blatant, it was pretty obvious. If I, mean, I, I was never appointed to giving penalties, um, but if I'm given a penalty there, then it's pretty obvious. It surely can't take two minutes to look at that once and say, David, that's a penalty. You yeah. need to go and look at it. But yeah. they're, they're not allowed to interject. <coughs> is that correct? Is, they, they cannot stop the game quickly. No, no, no. no. So no, VAR couldn't have shouted to David Dickinson, David, that's a handball, mate. You better look at it real quickly I think uh, David would have been getting that message down his ear mm-hmm. and as soon as the play went out he would know that mm-hmm. he's going to be going across to the side of the pitch to do a, an on-field review mm-hmm. uh, but there's nothing that David can do at that moment in time to stop the game unless there is a, a genuine infringement or the ball has the ball has left the field yeah. to play and we, we talked about with the, the Tillman one do you you know, do you, do you see a foul see an in inverted commas he didn't even have that opportunity no. um, you know what Celtic are like they're that that damn quick um, so that there wasn't a, an opportunity to intervene mm-hmm. so it's maybe a, a, like an unforeseen circumstance I don't think anybody saw that no. that kind of circumstance coming um, and although we've been critical in saying that uh, there's not going to be any you know, teething problems because the whole world's had the teething problems obviously we've just hit on one the other now so that certainly needs to be reviewed by the, the great and the good how, how would you change that then? How could you uh, make that smoother and, and more appropriate? That The only way of doing that would be that VAR would have to shout I'm looking at this. Yeah. Stop the game. Stop it. Yeah. Regardless of whoever's yep. in possession. Mm. In the same way that someone's injured, perhaps. Yeah. yeah why you not? know what I mean? You yeah. need to stop yeah. it. Um, if VAR are going to do that and say they, they, they want to stop the game immediately, again, that would have to be a worldwide thing. It couldn't mm-hmm. be a national thing. Mm-hmm. It would have to be Im- implemented by FIFA and then implemented across the world. Um, and it does seem as if it's only Scotland that we, we keep talking about the issues with VAR. But yeah, there's nothing that can be. There's nothing that can be done. Can VAR can't all of a sudden just put a, a big halt on the game? They've got yeah. to wait for that natural break. I can I can imagine David Dickinson refereeing it after right that that incident takes place. Celtic are on the tack, and all goes through his mind is don't score, don't score, please don't <laughs> oh, score. Absolutely, I'll be all over that podcast on Monday morning. Don't score, don't score, don't score, please don't score. Yeah, that would have been in three head. I'm pretty uh-huh. sure. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt. But we've been really critical, but I think that's a. It was yeah, an exceptional that, that circumstance. Was, yeah, that was unforeseen. Yeah. I guess it does add extra stress to the ref though, doesn't it? You know, when that stuff is happening and you know you've got to go and make a review. Well, the biggest decision that you have to make is the next one. If mm. you make an error, forget it. The biggest decision you're always going to make is the next one. Two errors don't make a don't make a right. But if you have got someone shouting down your ear thinking, I'm going to go and I have to review it, then surely your confidence in your mind must be thinking about it before you make that. But we'd like to think that David's a strong enough character that he could decompartment that, put it away get the next decision and then go and deal with the, go and deal with the fallout yeah, thereafter. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And then later on in the half, you know, David makes the call, pretty straightforward, red card, uh, Charles Dunn's appalling uh, short back pass to his goalkeeper, <laughs> forces him to pull back Kyogo. It's an obvious denying a goal-scoring opportunity scenario, but was it a penalty for your judgment? For me, no, it wasn't a penalty. It was called correctly. The contact started and finished outside of the penalty area. So it was a free kick. Charles Dunn's first touch was Billy Steves, um, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, I was going to say harsh, but no, it's not. Wasn't he? Wasn't he the best? Uh, he's put himself under a great deal of pressure. 
And then he's even put his team under even more pressure by getting them sent down, uh, knocked down to 10 men for the rest of the patch against a, mm-hmm. a, a currently high-flying Celtic. So, no, it was a, a red card, a free kick outside the penalty area. See, that Done situation, why doesn't David Dixon need to look at VAR for that? Because obviously that was just called by VAR. He was outside the box. But he was outside the box. You can see his hand and his shoulder. Mm-hmm. You released him just literally on the, almost on the line. But does he not have to go and check that screen? No. Nope. He just takes a word from the... The VAR yeah, HQ. Yeah, the, the, Andrew Dallas has been sat with the, the TV in front of him and the monitor in front of him. Um, and if it's quite clear, there's, there's no point in David going across with it. That's, I mean, if the shout is, it's definitely outside the box, then you go with it. Yeah. Um, you can't be going over and checking everything. everything. Yeah. Okay. So no, no issues with that. But he did have to go and check one later on, you know, the Alex Gogic foul on O. Uh, 10 minutes to go. Clearly a shirt pull, wasn't it? So it, mm. was, a, it was an obvious penalty, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's easy to say this, but I did shout penalty when it uh, when it first happened. But yeah, it was a crowded box, lots of bodies in the way. Not a great view for David. Not not a criticism of his. It's just the way things happen. So yep, VAR rightly got involved with it and got the right shout. Watching it on TV, obviously because of the way the camera was based in that in that stand, you could see it quite clearly on TV. I was ex- I was expecting a penalty straight away. David was a wee bit more narrower. He was more into the to ground. But yeah, it was a it was a clear penalty. Don't think Gogic had to grab a hold of O at that moment in time. Mm. But yeah, got it correct. A hat trick for Andrew Dallas and he's got them all right, has he? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. Oh, I'm, yeah. uh-huh. I'm quite yeah, happy. I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. Andrew got all, all three. All three big decisions correct. Normally but, comes but, in threes, doesn't it? Yes, but more importantly, the refereeing team. The team got it. Got it yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. So David, um, David, and the, the two assistants. Uh, well done to them. Um, it certainly provoked deb- debate among the broadcasters on the day. Uh, there was a bit of a. Let's say that, that they were at odds with each other, Andy Walker and Chris Boyd, weren't they? Aye, there was a wee tantrum in there, wasn't there? We've said enough about uh, certain pundits. The <laughs> irony of irony is, and as much as we could see, Andy Walker was absolutely seething. Chris Boyd absolutely beaming <laughs> and loving it. But this is also the Andy Walker that says an attacker is entitled to go down yeah. if they feel contact. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying you're entitled to go down if you feel contact, then you're pushing the boundaries there. But with the handball that was given against Celtic, everyone expected it. So it was, uh, yeah, I think Mr. Mr. Walker was maybe needing to go and have a wee seat in a, a dark room. On a slightly serious note, though, I mean, Andy was quite uptight in the game or during the, the, the analysis of the game. I mean, he was basically saying that clubs should be demanding drama from the SFA, that this VAR is not working. Why are the clubs accepting this? That they should be marching on Hamden and asking for answers and... I mean, I thought I thought the timing of of that outburst was was possibly the wrong time because that, like we've just discussed, that that particular game wasn't the most controversial we've seen this season. No, that was petulant at best. Of all the games that you could pick, the the times where it actually worked. All right, we've come up with a an unforeseen circumstance, and you can't help it if it's unforeseen. Mm-hmm. But I don't see what he was complaining about in uh, in that game. I all right, he doesn't like the the handball rule. N- none of us do, but. Ems the breaks. Mm-hmm. Of all the games that he could say that VAR's terrible, he picks the one where VAR actually showed that it works. Yeah. I mean, it ended up very comfortable for Celtic and that match obviously tits it down to the 10 men and they were mm-hmm. taken apart second half. We're going to discuss the O penalty. So let's go to, to Rangers 3, Kamara 1. A couple of big calls in that game, fellas. The first one being a penalty to Rangers just before half time uh, for a handball. Did you get a good view of that one, Stephen? Stephen? <laughs> 
looked round for my mum. Um, <laughs> Looking very official I, there I was, as well. I was getting a row. <laughs> um, I got as good a view as anybody else did, which wasn't a particularly brilliant view. But again, we're going to caveat it with uh, what we said at St Mirren. In this, the sane world, that's even less, even not in two million years, should that ever come anywhere close to being a penalty. It's an utter farce that that can even be contemplated. But in this world, that is a penalty. Um, but it's even more farcical that it was on the border be- be- between being his armpit and his arm, so it wouldn't have counted as, as a handball. It's just, it's an utter farce, it really is. I think, going back to what, what I said regarding the, the Greg Taylorman, mm-hmm. it's just expected now. And the fact the first person to defend it was Derek McInnes. Uh-huh. He comes straight out and says, yep, penalty kick, VAR got it right. The person that was closest to the to the, to the decision was Ryan Kent. Ryan Kent didn't even look for it. He didn't even know anything had occurred. I think it was Cholak was the only... And Cholak compl- uh, appealed for it right away. Yeah, yep. Cholak appealed for it. The defender's just been extremely unlucky. The ball has bounced up. Did it's, it hit his arm though? It did, yeah. Looked there was like contact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But again, how many times did we have to see it on rewind and pause? <laughs> As soon as Willie was going across that, then you knew that was going to be that was going to be given. Um, but I can just feel I can feel heart sorry for the for the commandant player because was it intentional? No. Was he looking to gain an advantage? No. Was he trying to hold off an opponent? No. The ball just came up, as we said a million times. The ball hit him. Unfortunately, them's the breaks now, and those mm-hmm. are penalties. And it is, it, it's we've said it's farcical. It's getting ever more farcical. And the, the what really galled make it a family thing when. We had a certain ex-Scottish uh, referee leader uh, being interviewed uh, a couple of weeks back talking about how difficult Law 12 is. Law 12 is difficult now because they and people like them have made it difficult. They've yeah. made it completely unfathomable. Yeah. Um, and for IFAB, and I'm on, on a rant here, for <laughs> IFAB to have in their you know their paperwork, their raison d'etre, that they uphold and protect the simplicity of football... They're doing anything but it's it's an utter farce, and I would hate hate to be involved. I'm, uh, I'm doffing my cap in it to just you. now. <laughs> well done, Stephen. <laughs> wow, <laughs> thanks, Mum. As we've always said, IFAB have the rule; they have got the power to change it. And I'll go on it again. The two words that you come down to for handball is intentional or un- deliberate or unintentional. Mm-hmm. That's that's handball. End, end of story. End of. See now the way it is, you could probably argue for every handball decision, argue for it or against it and the governing bodies would back you up because there's such a myriad of um, interpretations around it mm-hmm. they could just say oh no it's not a handball because it's bounced off his leg and it's come up and hit him or it's, it's a handball because his arms are not just get rid of all that, did you deliberately try to handle that ball or mm-hmm. does the ball hit you right okay, free kick, penalty or play on, that yep. should be that should be it Who's going to have the power and the authority to do that? Who's going to have the the guts, let's say, to do that? Other than us four. Listen, listen to Steve's speech a couple of months ago. I think he should be, he should be putting himself up there. Do a milliband, put that in tablets of stone and take it somewhere. Uh, it's, only, it's only FIFA who can do that. And Scottish FA are one of the, one of the voices on it. So uh, let's hope that well, we can... Uh, and, and again, to continue my rant slightly, um, we moan about them and, you know, the something has to be done we keep forgetting FIFA has a 16th eh, FIFA the SFA has a 16th of the votes on IFAB mm-hmm. if we can't 
bloody do it, then who can? I know. Um, and, you know, hell, hell mend us. We're on here banging on about it. And, you know, managers hate it. Players hate it. Punters hate it. It's up to every one of them. It's the SFA that have it in their power to change things. But it only seems to occur up here. I don't remember watching Match of the Day or watching Champions League. I don't see the handball issue being such vociferous elsewhere. It really just seems to be up here that the, the issue and the interpretation of it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the good news is that Rod Petrie's getting on the executive committee of UEFA, so I'm sure everything will be sorted out. That's I'll be fine. That's fine. <laughs> one, more, one more big call in the Kilmarnock game, and uh, I'm not sure if you agree with this or not, but a lot of Killy fans felt they should have had a penalty in the second half when Alan McGregor knocked over Rory McKenzie. Uh, the ball had kind of gone away from McKenzie at the point uh, of contact, but he certainly brought him down. I don't think, I think that was a fair enough... Fair enough goalie it's challenge. Co- it's contact. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's contact, contact but, but you're going to get that. He's yeah. trying to dive to punch the ball away and his momentum is then... They went in. I wouldn't like to see a penalty given for that. No, no. You'd, have, um, you'd have a half a dozen penalties every game. I, I can see the Kelly, uh, the Kelly point of view. I'd be really annoyed, but nah, I don't think that's a penalty. And the Kelly goal in that game, there were three nothing down, of course, but um, at that point, rather... Accusations that uh, Ash Taylor was climbing over the Rangers defenders in the build-up to the goal. Uh, I think same argument as Mr. Johnson. He got up there first. He was having it, um, and if he gets the the leap on the defender, then he'll mend the defender, get that, there quicker. Ah, there was certainly certainly contact and a wee bit of uh, assistance <laughs> getting up there. But he's meant he's he's been aggressive. He's been proactive. He's went for it. Uh, we see it all the time. Yeah, we see it all the time. So a good game from Willie then. Yes. Yes, I would say... We'll, we'll, I can we'll, see your gritted teeth there, Steve. No, no, I'm still thinking of the Mr Dallas comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, flippancy aside. No, he, he did well. Yep. Old firm out the way uh, and they both continue to march on. Um, midweek action coming up for the two of them, of course. Glasgow versus Edinburgh on Wednesday night. That should be quite tasty. Look forward to, to Hibs Rangers and Celtic Hearts. That should be good fun. But uh, so a couple of big decisions up in, in Dingwall, guys, the, the Ross County Motherwell match. And I think you, you think that both of them were, were fairly accurate. It, it took a bit of time to get everything organised, but Don Robertson in charge and, and um, basically, Des, the Jack Baldwin red card looked like a fairly straightforward one, didn't it? At the time when we first watched it, Steve and I are a wee bit different in this. Um, the, the Baldwin red card, Don has initially thought... Uh, a yellow card he didn't think it was denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity quite clearly the position of Van Veen on the pitch was over to the left hand side more so was, was Boy Laidlaw I think was the other defender uh, was coming in was yeah. potentially coming in he's given he's given the yellow card and I can see why he's given the yellow card but the offence is denying an obvious goal scoring opportunity mm-hmm. it's not saying it's a, it's a goal scoring uh, you're going to score a goal if that defender hasn't made the challenge is Van Veen going to have a shot at goal? By the letter of the law, yes, he probably could have a shot at goal. It's a bit of a difficult angle, still got a bit of work to do. I can see why the yellow card was given, but playing devil's advocate, I can also understand why Kevin's got him across to say, I think you might want to have another look at this, and I can accept a red card for being given in that. Again, unlucky, unlucky, but it's an opinion piece there. And I know Steve's Steve varies on this one. If Don didn't change his mind, Don said, no, I'm quite happy to stick with my yellow card, I'd be more than happy with that. Because at the end of the day, it's the referee's opinion at that moment in time. Um, He's then obviously went across and and changed his decision. Yep, I agree with that completely. My argument is the reverse of Desi's, but it arrives at the same point. In that instance, that is 
purely and simply an opinion. Um, and I was happy with the yellow card. I think it was really harsh to give a red. You don't think Van Veen was going to run through and shoot? I, I think the defender would have got there first. Perfectly happy to accept that it's it's an opinion. And that's the whole beauty of foot, football. You're allowed to have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think VAR should be getting involved in that because it is a matter of opinion. There wasn't a clear and obvious error made. So I don't see that VAR should be getting involved in it. It's not obvious. Yes, I would agree with that. It's not obvious. But as soon as Kevin has got involved, is Don going to stick to his own guns? If he did, great. Good on him. But yeah, it's one of those, it's like a seesaw, isn't it? You can see it, yes, you can see it, no. Uh I've, I've... heard and it's it's anecdotal and it's it's probably out of complete ignorance that the 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 wording now or the the, the kind of battle cry is that if VAR gets you over to review it on the monitor, it sh- you you should be there as one team. So pretty much, yeah. if you go, get called to the monitor, then you go with what the monitor tells you. So it's going to take somebody with big balls. I know Willie did it the, the other week to to go against that. I wish Don had stood his ground, mm-hmm. but again, that's that's just a, a an opinion piece because I don't think he was wrong. And oh. it was purely and simply an opinion. So I don't think VAR should have been involved in that. How's it one team? I don't get that part. It's one team. We all make sort of collective decisions together. Surely VAR's just there to offer the referee assistance on his initial decision making. And that's all it is. It should just be a case of, there you go, have a look at it. I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. But that's really why you don't get anybody other than Willie on that one occasion. Nobody uh, says, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. But especially in that one, because that is purely an opinion. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's like we've said before in the past, that's like VAR's now refereeing the game and not the referee. If he's feeling pressure, if he's feeling, I need to change this because... Can't argue. Collectively, part of the greater good here. Can't I argue. Think, I think we've all seen it, that <clears throat> VAR to a, a, a large extent is refereeing the game mm-hmm. uh, because if it's getting a referee to change the decision, then that's going to have an impact on the match. So the referee's given an initial call and he's only changing it because VAR, who have got the technology in front of him, are telling to change it. So the game is, as much as they like to say it's not, the game is being controlled um, by people in the stand. Happens down south as well, though, isn't it? So, I mean, it's, <laughs> not, right. just, it's not just a Scottish no, problem. No, it's not I mean, just here. I think there's yeah. Premier League, I think, about 95, 98, actually, present decisions that they see in the screen get overturned. Go so, yeah. yeah, they go with us. So. There's, there's only one person, obviously, and that would be Don, who knows what went through his head when he saw it on the monitor. If he saw it and then thought, oh, geez, no, I've, I've missed a clear red, then fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's looked at that and gone, do you know what, I'm still happy with a yellow, then he should have stuck to his guns. But only, only Don knows that. And I'm assuming that the referee is seeing exactly the same pictures that the viewers are seeing. Is that correct? As far as, as, far as we're aware. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as far as I'm aware. They're not, they're not seeing anything nope. different. There's, there's no miraculous view. They don't have a special drone or anything. <laughs> no. um, so they, they get the same... Yeah. Very often, rotten view as we get. Yeah, and Don Don had another VAR decision to deal with as well in the game for the penalty incident. He gave a penalty initially, Des, um, and then Kevin Clancy intervened and said, "Actually, come and have a look at this, Don. Uh, you've got that one wrong." And Kevin was quite correct to get uh, Don across from that one. The when you seen it initially, you see um, Yakaviti going to ground, being pulled by the the Motherwell defender. Mm-hmm. But when you look back. It's actually Yakaviti who instigates the initial foul mm-hmm. and throws the Motherwell defender off balance. So the, the Motherwell defender, while having a, a hold of the Ross County player, 
he's actually it's in reaction because he's been pushed, he's stumbling, he's pulling down. So yeah, absolutely correct to to go and overturn it. I, I know Malky McKay won't be terribly happy having two major decisions going against his team, but certainly in that instance, that one was that one was correct. Yeah, it was right. Yeah, no argument with that one. And again, in, in Don's defence, when you you see the the Stramash in the uh, the penalty area, it would defy any uh, field side ref to have given a different de- decision from Don what what he gave was, was what he saw it was impossible for him to have seen the initial one no so no, no arguments copyright Arthur Montford on Stramash <laughs> <laughs> a similar one in, in I put Liv- a silent E in it <laughs> a similar one in the Livingston game as well Des wasn't there there were a, a, a situation there where the, there was a challenge with Fitzwater and um, you know the referee wasn't convinced at the time uh, I think it was a, 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 that one was more obvious because the player was running into to open play and, and, and going towards the penalty area. Mm. Fitzwater, I don't think he's meant to trip him up. He's sort of got tangled, but the fact that the defend, the attacker is running at speed mm-hmm. straight through and goal, only the goalkeeper to beat. There's only one instance that's going to happen yeah. there. It has to be a red card. There was no no jibiety over it. So uh, that was Chris Graham. So yeah, we got that one. We got that one absolutely correct. And just one more aspect from me today. Um, IFAB have come out and said that they're not going to to to, uh, to look at uh, sort of te- uh, temporary substitutes for concussion, uh, which is a which is I know it's a bit of a bugbear of yours, Steve. It is, yeah. And I find that astonishing. You know, you think all the problems that have been um, un- uncovered over the last few years in terms of players that have had problems with head injuries when they've been younger, um, you would think there would be a more attention to detail and care. I couldn't disagree with a single word and I've ranted on about it uh, often enough. The number of neurological conditions that sports people have, especially uh, contact sports people, <coughs> excuse me, um, footballers included, um, and you know, there's there's no way of proving it for for, uh, for sure, but the number of motor neuron cases we've had, there's Fernando Rickson, you get Jimmy Johnson, yep. the number of people who end up with, uh, in the old days it would be pre-senile dementia that you would call it, it's Absolutely pollen, and I think it's a complete dereliction uh, of duty on on IFAB. When people like rugby, the minute somebody you know you, you fall to the ground heavily, and you're hooked off in, in rugby for a head injury assessment, it's it's a piece of nonsense. And it, God forbid, it's going to take somebody to pull them up and say you know that there's x amount of people who suffer uh, chronic uh, neurological conditions in football. What did you do? Absolutely nothing. Oh well, aye, here we go. Let's let's get our lawyers involved. Uh-huh. It's it's an utter nonsense and it's is a serious dereliction and it's it's dangerous. I find it hard to to accept that when they've already got in place a concussion ban, a player's no. not allowed to not allowed to participate in training or not allowed mm-hmm. to participate in a match if they have, have have some concussion. So surely this is the even should come in even before it. If mm-hmm. you have got some there, get a player on, let them be a, a, a concussion substitute or an emergency substitute allow you to assess the person properly in a correct environment away from the pitch and to see how they're reacting yeah I find it really strange that um, that hasn't been been looked at uh, uh, as a as a possible move particularly if it's been been flagged up well sadly it has been looked and they've decided to ignore it mm-hmm. um, and you know you, you can imagine um, you can imagine uh, Liverpool if Salah was on the concussion protocol imagine up here if Keogh goes on the concussion protocol um, that's them automatically out you know, doesn't matter what, they're completely out for, say, three weeks. And if their first assessment isn't going the way that it should do in that first week, you get put back again. So who's to know that that concussion, which now 
we wouldn't bother about. But if you did have the, the concussion subs, that could lead to a six-week absence. Now, again, I'm speaking out of ignorance. I haven't spoken to anybody in officialdom or any clubs uh, about that. But it must come into people thinking that their top scorer is out for six weeks just because he's taken a head knock. Mm-hmm. I, I, that can only be the, the, the explanation. There's pressure from, from clubs themselves. I'd like to think not, but I, I can't see any other reason why they have arrived at that um, at that conclusion because mm. it's, it's health and safety of a, of a human being that mm. we're dealing with here. So the only people that can put pressure on IFAB are the clubs and the, the home nations. So I would, I, would, I, would, I would dread to think that somebody down the line has a, 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 a fatality or is proven to have from some neurological disorder because they have been neglected. Mm-hmm. On a slightly cheerier or different note then, you mentioned Mo Salah and, you know, I just loved his celebration when he when he broke Robbie Fowler's record for Liverpool in that 7-0 annihilation of Manchester United. Um, he takes a shirt off and he's got the ripped body, he's throwing it about and he chucks it. He's going to get booked for it, of course, because that's the silly rule we have. But I know we've mentioned this before, but why on earth would you get booked for that? Just cause, because <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't make the rules. Football's a celebration. That's uh, I, 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 yeah. And listen, see if any of us had a body like Mo Salah, I'd be taking <laughs> my t- I'd be taking my top off and I'd be throwing it in the crowd. We'd be the first refs to get booked for whipping your shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a perilous thought that is. Yeah, that's going to put you off your tea. Be careful when you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> On that happy note, we'll end this episode of Get Involved Referee. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.